So uh, you you were leading me to the perfect spot in that last segment there, Spencer, because you were you were talking about you know Ryan Day stepping outside of his comfort zone, and I think it's really it has been a I would say wild like two months here. If you take um, you know from the the end of the Michigan game till now, and you look at every little story arc and every little thought process in Columbus it's been really interesting to see how the narrative has changed. And I'm going to go full Don Draper here. And one of my favorite takes that he ever had in that show was that if you don't like the conversation people are having about you, or if you don't like what people are saying about you, change the conversation. And I think the narratives in Columbus, and I think the narratives around the program now are about rebuilding, reuniting, like, where two months ago it was that you know Rome is falling and fire Ryan Day and fire this guy and fire that guy and what are we doing and the and you know the Cotton Bowl oh the Cotton Bowl who gives a shit about a fucking bowl <laughs> game by the way but like like the idea that and no there are people out there who who and we see it in the comments which by the way we love the comments please continue to add them <laughs> at Nick Wilson says at Spencito we went from like. Devil on the shoulder, Nick, to angel yep. on the shoulder, Nick, yep, real yep. quick. And also, please, <laughs> right there on the YouTube channel as well, give them to us. Um, but no, like, everybody thinks, like, that's a thing. No, it's not. It's a bowl game. It doesn't matter. And But, like, then, like, people were pissed about, you didn't practice enough during the bowl game, all this, all that, only for in January. I mean, this whole month has been, all right, we're bringing back Sawyer. We're bringing back Tui Moloau. We're bringing back... Uh, Emeka Abuka, we're bringing back Travion, we got Quinshawn Judkins, we got Will Howard, you know, now we're talking about the, the kids from Alabama and rating that program, and oh, Bill, Bill O'Brien's here now, and we finally made the, the coaching staff changes, and honestly, a lot of that was afforded, that, that, that arc change was afforded because Ryan Day didn't panic in November and start the changes then. And so I think this is where you do have to give the guy. I know he's you know slow and steady wins the race, but that's a hundred percent what's happened here. I there's always going to be the people who view everything through a negative, um, like negative glasses. Like there's always going to be the fans who just think Ryan Day, no matter what he does, instead of everything he touches turns to gold, everything he touches turns to shit. Like that's that it's it's why you're seeing some of the reaction to Bill O'Brien. It's why they'll add Quinchon Judkins or whoever, and it'll be like, oh, well, who cares? Michigan just won the national championship, and it's not going to matter. You're still not a tough team, and you got people commenting on that type of stuff. So, yeah, like there's always just going to be some fans who, unless you beat Michigan and win a national championship, you're never going to please them. And I think we obviously we're going into this year feeling like the, the, the Buckeyes have a good chance of doing that. But if you're if you can't sit back and view this thing from the perspective of Ryan Day is trying to change that narrative about this team, then I like I think you're just you're you're just you're an immovable object. Like you're you're just that stubborn that you're going to refuse to budge off of it because you really just don't want to see Ryan Day succeed, and that's almost at a detriment to your team then playing well because you'd rather see them lose and Ryan Day get fired almost than give him any kind of credit for anything if they go out and they win next year and they, they do all the things that you're asking them to do and they check all the boxes. So like, I, I don't know, I can't possibly sit here and not believe that they haven't changed the narrative about themselves. They, they went out, they lost to Michigan again, third straight year, Ryan day, here's all the stuff. And, and maybe there's, I mean, I'm assuming there's some internal pressure 
board of directors, the, the, the powers that be on college campuses, they can get pretty impatient when the head coach that they're paying millions of dollars to isn't delivering on the things that he's supposed to deliver on. And I think Gene Smith, you know, he sort of has Ryan Day in his corner, um, or Ryan Day has him in his quarter, uh, corner. So um, and his quarter too, both quarter yes. and corner. Yes. <laughs> so I, I would imagine like Gene had his back and tried to defend him, but yeah, like there's only so far that gets you. And now he's got a new AD coming in. He senses that like this is it. He has to get come through this year to prove to everybody outside and inside that he's the man for this job and he's not just going to rest on his laurels and he's going to build a tough team and all these different things. So like, yeah, I a hundred percent think he has changed the narrative about this team. Now they're going to have to go do it on the field. Like that's the bottom line. It's never going to be enough to just see on paper what they've constructed. They have to now go do it and deliver it. But if you, if you go in the next year feeling like, well, another year Ryan day is just going to suck and get fired. Like I got to go and optimistic and feel like this team has a really good chance. And guess what? If they fall short, then we get to have that conversation again, and maybe we do need. Maybe they do bring a new head coach in. So I really actually want to touch on that real quick because I think what's really important to remember here is, you know, one of the things that's happened in the last twenty-four to forty-eight hours with all the changes and all the turnover and all the, you know, is people have, people who have been doomsdayers and, you know, can't you tell this is you know the sky is falling that kind of stuff. Those people have taken a victory lap because of the moves that, that Ryan has made. And and those were the same people who for eight weeks screamed that he wasn't making the moves. And I don't think people understand that time is the difference between uh, panic and calculated change, right? If you did all this stuff in November, it probably disrupts recruiting. It probably disrupts the portal, which was already going to be an issue considering this last year. And the, and honestly, it's not even an Ohio State problem. It's an every school on the planet problem. Um, so if you had done this in the wrong order, or if you had done this in a way to appease fans or appease boosters or appeased the athletic director, you would have hurt yourself far more than you would have helped yourself. And so to anyone claiming, ah, see, there are problems. Yes, but but this man did not panic. Bad leaders panic. Well, I think when, some people some people, people think start he, saying bad things. I think some people think he has panicked though. That's the problem. No, I think some people see all I these moves and they're like, I'm not saying we do. I'm saying I think there's fans out there who are like, see, see, this is a sign, like you said, that there's problems. And now he's panicking to fill them all because he realizes his ass is on the line. But I think that like what are we what are, like it's coach speak, but what do they always say? Like competition breeds um Whatever I don't even I'm, I'm like lost. I like I play. like iron iron sharpens iron because we yeah, never that, yeah that too. <laughs> um, we got uh, a bunch of fucking blacksmiths out there. Oh, iron sharpens <laughs> iron. Thank you. You think by the way, you think in this the 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 iron age that people got tired of that cliche? Like uh, people have been tired of iron sharpens iron since it became a thing for two thousand years. I think the and, phrase and, I was and looking sports for, talk has brought that bitch back from the dead. I think the phrase is literally just like competition breeds success is what I was looking for. I think the original phrase is like competition breeds innovation, but they've changed it to competition breeds success. So yeah, like the fact that Michigan kind of got on you the last couple of years, it's lit a fire under them. Like like however we get here, I'm okay with it. I like I want to I, I guess I shouldn't say that because I didn't really want to see Michigan win a championship. But however, we got to a point where Ryan Day is now saying, OK, this is it. Like, I can't I can't fuck around anymore. Let's go do this damn thing. 
I, 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 I'm okay with that because, and I'm not going to sit here and criticize every move and say, oh, he's panicking. Oh, it's not going to be enough. Oh, he's still going to, he's still going to blow it next year. Like I'm going into the saying, okay, the slate isn't clean. We still have questions about Ryan day, but he has now restacked the deck in his favor. He's making core changes to the philosophy of the program, to the roster. And I'm willing to go in the next year and say, all right, you got another shot. Last year didn't go the way we wanted. The previous two years you lose to Michigan, that didn't go the way we wanted. But if you're really focused on this thing, if you're really doing it right, I'm willing to give you a chance in 2024 to prove to us that you are the man for the job long term. So I, like, I, that's just the way I, I view it. I, I, I can't be this, well, every one of these moves sucks and every one of these moves is just a reason why they should have fired Ryan Day a long time ago. No, like I'm looking forward as this being good for the program that they're going all in and they've got their shit together with NIL and they're making important changes that hopefully, again, breed that success that we're looking for. Well, and I think the bottom line is, and this is, you know, it's so funny. I, I was listening to the morning show today and uh, Lyman Ken were off, but uh, Daryl Ryder was in and, you know, Daryl was pitching a fit about, you know, I, I don't like losing to Michigan, blah, 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 which is just Tommy tough nut stuff to me. Like the reality is nobody likes losing to Michigan, but the, the, I don't know anybody that is my age or younger has ever experienced a balanced Michigan, Ohio State. Right. Like if you grew up when um, I was really little, it was the John Cooper era and, and dude getting his butt kicked. And, you know, I don't even want to reach. I don't even restate the, let me, the stats. Let me, real, on quick, it. real quick, because you have more familiarity with that than I would being like I was because I'm a little bit younger than you. But Dick. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of you, old... You've spent the whole day on and off air making me Just, feel like an old yeah, fogey. Yeah. So I guess well, I'll no. say to you later, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> like, did did John Cooper ever have a moment like this? Like, was there ever a time when John Cooper just realized, all right, I can't fuck around anymore. I got to go all in and, and bring in the top. Like, was it always just the same with him? Was it like, oh, just trust the process? Or was it like, I'm going to change the process? Because that's what it feels like Ryan Day's doing. He's like, I'm changing the process. We're diving headfirst into NIL. We're bringing in new coaches. I'm willing to relinquish play calling duties. But I don't know how that John Cooper era went. Because that's another reason why everyone keeps saying he's John Cooper. He's John Cooper 2.0, blah, 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 blah. But did John Cooper ever do this? Did he ever sit down and assess the situation and say, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that I amend this and get this right because I care that much? I don't know he could ever make these kind of um... – wholesale changes because the landscape is completely different. And so True. like, yeah. you know, uh, he did, by the way, he had to make changes several different points because what people forget is people, people remember the Ryan day era of, of Terry Glenn and Orlando pace and Bobby Hoying and Ricky Dudley, where they were winning a lot of games. It just, they wouldn't beat Michigan. Right. But what I think people tend to forget is those first five years of Ohio state, John Cooper, were some of the, I mean, you're talking about failing to win double-digit games. You're talking about, you know, there were a couple clunker seasons in there where I don't even remember if they were bowl eligible. So Ryan um, doesn't have that. He's never yeah. had that. Well, that's that's why the, the John Cooper stuff has always been incredibly far-fetched. But I just think it's interesting. Like, yes, the, the answer is yes. He did have things he had to change over a decade plus in Columbus. But I think what's interesting is the pressure was always the same. It, the real failure with John was he just never adapted 
to the Michigan rivalry. And I, I he he actually was, if you look at what he did the last five or six years, he actually was a really good head coach. And it's a shame, you know, how his name has become slander in, in you know, football lore because of, of not winning against Michigan. But, like, I think I think it also, like, I don't think the pre- – I think the pressure is way more nowadays because it's the yeah. immediacy of the pressure. It's from every angle. I think, you know, I, I think – NIL has emboldened a lot of bad faith actors around institutions. So now the pressure is more significant. You've got more bad faith actors, a lot of guys who want to be the face of NIL collectives. And that's fine when their former players are really good boosters, but not every good former player, former booster is good. I'm not saying this about Columbus. It's a generality. And then you've got, oh, TV rights. You've got all these things that, that pack in the pressure. And, oh, no, now it's not just enough to – to beat Michigan and win 12 games. Now you got to go ahead and win a national title or at least be in the national title game. And I just think a job like um, Ohio state and a job like Alabama, it's never been better to have that job at its Zenith. And it has never been tougher to have that job at anything that isn't near Zenith. You know, like, People saying that this is the dark age of Ohio State football, quite frankly, age. Come on. don't know their head from their ass. And because the reality is, I've never known an equal Ohio State rivalry. The first 10 years of my existence, 11 years of my existence, it was a one-sided ass beating. And, and it was more often than not, you had a really good team, but you couldn't beat Michigan. And then along comes Jim Tressel and then Urban, and it was 20 years of dominating them. And now it's swung back the other way. My hope is, what I really hope is, now we can get to the point where, all right, I think this year you're going to strike back. And then let's see what Michigan does to double back the next year. Like, let's get to a point where every other year we're trading off because I think that's only going to strengthen the rivalry. And I think, you know, Jim Harbaugh, three years ago, maybe the best thing that happened to that dude is they tried to neuter him on the spot by taking away his money, by by uh, trimming his uh, the, the pool for his uh, his assistance and and mandating changes, and it got Jim Harbaugh out of this mentality of well, I'm a Michigan man, they're going to support me, and that was a wake up call. I can't imagine how that that had to have hurt. Like I still like four years later, I thought it was the most classless thing Michigan has ever done was go to him and say, well, you can be the head coach, but you better take a pay cut. And if you don't take a pay cut, you're not going to be the head coach. To one of their own, to kin, to family, they did that. And so if you look at how he responded, the elevation of Sharon Moore, right? Josh Gaddis moving out. Um, Some of the the other changes that he made, um, Mike McDaniel to Jesse Minter, like some of the just really intelligent changes that they made alongside – just amping up that roster and being able to build that roster long form because of the COVID year and everything. And that bit of indignation was exactly what Jim Harbaugh needed. Now it might be the thing that pushes his ass back to the NFL, but (laughs) I think with Ryan, I think, you know, when you have everything, it's easy to forget the dangling carrot. It's easy to forget that at any point there is this hubris that comes with success. And, yeah. and it, this is in every business. And, you know, I, I see it all the time where guys in radio think they invented the format when all they've done is been the next guy to take over the microphone, you know? And I, I've, I've, so, I've worked so hard to make sure I never take for granted 
what this thing, this microphone allows me to do, no matter what I'm speaking it into, whether online or whether I'm speaking into here on, you know, uh, I almost said social media. God, I am old Spencer. <laughs> but no, like I, I, I think there is this thing. And, and one of the downsides to being given everything for your first head coaching job is you start to think you, you poop gold ingots. And it's it, it it's not the worst. Their pace, as Jim well, yeah, it's it's, but it's not the worst thing to be reminded that yeah. you didn't create football. It's not the worst thing to be reminded that you can do something better. Saban reinvented himself. Here's the thing: Saban won six national titles, and the man reinvented himself four different times at Alabama. The most extreme was when he went from you know the same old offense to running it with uh, with Lane Kiffin. So like. This is what is required. If you want to be great, if you want to be a great head coach, if you want to be a great football program, this is where it starts, man. And it, it's not always fun. It's not always comfortable. But you have to make decisions like this. And if people want to say that's panic, that's fine. But Ohio State in two months has changed the narrative from you can't beat Michigan to holy crap, they're throwing their whole ass behind this next year's team. And listen, if it doesn't work out, you're going to get fired anyways. If it does work out, you've changed your program, yeah, and you've and you've and you've you've leapt back over Michigan, and you've leapt back and into the you, conversation. You've maybe le- and you've maybe left up left uh, up over left up over Bama because yeah. Bama is now kind of trying to find where their footing is without Nick Saban now in the picture. I also think too, Nick. I'll keep this short. Um, I think that a lot of times Ohio State fans are guilty of like talking out of the both sides of their mouths, and I'm one, so I'm sure I've done this before too. Because we love the idea of beating up on Michigan all the time and uh, never letting them up off the mat, right? But then at the same time, we love to say, well, for the sake of the rivalry, it'd be nice if Michigan won every now and then. And now they went out one, they've, they've won a few, and they've kind of fired back at you. They, 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 they've leveled the playing field. And now we think it's, oh, doomsday, fold yep. the program up at Ohio State. They're never going to be the same again. It's all over. Get Ryan Day out of there. Just concede to Michigan for the rest of time. Like, guys, we've been wanting this. We've been wanting Michigan in some way to make it more competitive again, to make it fun. And what has it done? Again, competition breeds success. You have a program in your in your conference that's your biggest rival that punched you back in the mouth. Okay. They punched you three times straight now in the mouth. You thought you had the solutions this time around. You didn't. So what do you go do after that third punch in the mouth? You're like, all right, we ain't letting it be a fourth. We ain't letting it be a clean sweep for some of these kids that were probably freshmen on that team or trying to get four years in a row of beating us. We're going to change the game, and they are. So, again, I have to give Ryan Day at least some credit for that, for realizing the situation. People are complaining about him not taking the rivalry seriously. This tells me he's taking that shit very seriously. He watched him go win a national championship, and his response has been brunt force. His response has been, all right, fine. You got one. Good for you. Now we're going to fire back and we're going to put together a juggernaut super team and try to take you down. By the way, real quick here, as you and I are talking, Ohio State makes it official. Uh, Bill O'Brien is uh, is going to be the offensive coordinator and QB's coach, as we talked about earlier. And uh, Brian Hartline will be co-offensive coordinator in, in addition to continuing his capacity as the nation's premier wide receivers coach, which is uh, – a nice little uh, pat on the booty there as you get that. And also, Corey Dennis, uh, the, the former quarterback's coach, will transition into a still-to-be-determined role within the program. So that is the latest out of the Bill O'Brien hiring. Uh, when we come back, we, we did not intend for this segment to go where it wins. So when we come back, we got the Michigan panic meter. We're also 
going to get into the next names that could be coming to Columbus and maybe a little bit of that Bjork mm, disgust on that. Oh, damn. Uh, my, my computer's about to crap out here. But uh, more, but first a word from our sponsors. <laughs> 